Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Itziers. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Itziers, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick. Yay! At this time, I would like to remind everybody that you are listening to jradio.com. If you would like to listen to us on the telephone, you can listen to us by dialing 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. The number to call after the show, after the story that is, to tell us your name and what lesson you learned in tonight's story is 718-683-5858. Very good, Yassi. And, of course, if you'd like to listen to us live or on the archives, you can call 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And just follow the menu if you want to listen to us live or follow the archives. I would also like to take this moment to remind you that j Radio can definitely use your donations. So, the address is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on JavidRadio.com, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, kayak from the Mayach, extreme martial arts demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, of a subordinate program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base yakov, whatever, your school, a private party, or a day camp, a bungalow colony, or sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718. 718- 375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on, uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs's books are still available in your local farm store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhi at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our story. Okie dokie. So now I'm ready to tell this amazing story that I have here. And I have never told this story before. I have no record of it. 
I don't think I ever told it. I mean, I had this book that had this story in it, but I don't know why, but I just never ever told it before. And maybe because it wasn't a good story. <laughs> Actually, I read the story today, and uh, I think it's very apropos. Apropos? What do you mean? Well, you see, <laughs> this week, Sedra is Parashas Shalach. Ah, yeah, so what about it? Well, uh... That's a story about Miraglim, about spies? Well, not exactly about spies. So then what's it about? Oh, well, um, it's not about spies. No, 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 no. It's really about, um... Well, the last part of the Sedra. Last part of the Sedra. Let me use my memory banks. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, Yossi, you're cheating. You're not using your memory banks. It looks like you're using a, um, uh, what is it called? Ah, uh, hummus! <laughs> yeah, okay, the end of this head, uh, uh, oh! Talks about tzitzes, the pa paragraph of tzitzes, the last part of Kriyasma. That's right, and that's what it is, and that's what it says. Wow, that's fantastic. So, um, uh, question. Uh, what does this have to do with the story? <laughs> what do you mean, what does it have to do with the story? Uh, um, the story uh, has to do with tzitzes. Oh! So it's Pasha Shalach story? No, no, it's a tzitzes story. A tzitzes story. I could just see it now. People walking down the street. And this guy comes around and wants to steal somebody's pocketbook. But all of a sudden, a pair of scissors comes and takes its strings, give him a whipping with the strings, and then ties him up, right? Uh, yes, you got a wild imagination. But no, 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 that's not what happens. But it has to do with a pair of scissors. But anyway, so uh, let me just tell you this. Oh, wait a minute. I got it. You are going to tell us the story that's on your next CD. Now, what made you think that? Why would I do that? Well, because your son just came out with a beautiful, beautiful CD over 75 minutes long. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, the one that's called uh, uh, The Mystery of the Iron Key? Yeah, so, and you're doing a guest appearance on it. <laughs> yes, that's right, that's true. But anyways, uh, this story has nothing to do with that, and it has nothing to do with my newest CD. Well, wait a minute. If your son can come out with a new CD, so how come you're not? Uh, well, that's because uh, I cannot go uh, to the studio yet until it's considered by my doctor to be safe enough that I can go there and continue recording. Oh, yeah? Then how did you do it by your son, huh? You went all the way to Lakewood, huh? <laughs> Actually, no, 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 I didn't. Well, what do you mean? So how did you record it? <laughs> That's because my son and I both have the same type of recording studio at home. And therefore, I was able to record, and it was compatible to where my son was, actually where he is, in Lakewood, so I sent him the file. So why can't you do that? Rabbi Yossi Frommitz of Yufa Studios, huh? Well, that's because... His is a very big professional studio, 
And, <laughs> you know, like, uh, imagine if a guy was a chazan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a real good chazan. So you might say, and of course, he would sound really good. But if you recorded him in a, you know, like not a high quality studio, he might be. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, like a small difference in quality. It's only if you're standing up close or side by side that you would notice. That's correct. And since I started recording with, uh, you know, the UFA studio, I have to continue in the same way. Otherwise, you're going to hear, a, you know, a bit of a difference. So um, uh, eventually we will come out with it. Actually, there's two in the burner. Two burning? Oh, oh put out the fire. Put out the fire. No, no, no. I mean, there's two CDs, uh, two projects that uh, are, you know, being worked on. You understand? So uh, I don't want to say when they're coming out because I don't know what the predictions is, when they're going to allow me to go back uh, to um, to record. And then I'll finish it then. Now, that you got that out of the way, can I get to the story? Yeah, but I have a couple more questions. You see? If you don't, Stop asking questions, and you don't start reading your script, then I'll have to just do your part myself, too. I, I have a part in this? Oh, wait, wait, hey. Give me that script, please. Thank you, Rabbi Herb. I take pleasure. Am I playing a villain? Well, you have a choice. You can play the bad kid or the good kid. I'll play a uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You have to think about this. Well, you know, uh, 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 well, uh, okay, I I'll be uh, the good kid. Oh, uh, okay, not a problem. So you're going to have a fight with your Yezahara. All right, don't worry, I took a self-defense course. I know how to beat my Yezahara. Oh, yeah? What's your secret weapon? My Yezatov. <laughs> That's very good, I like that. Okay, anyway, so here we go. Here we go here. To the story. I'll start the story. And you make sure you read your script and know when to pop in. Okay. Now, this story, I don't know the exact year, but I know it took place in the early years of, I should say, the early years of our times. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, read your script, please. Okay, I'm studying, I'm studying. Okay, so now it started out in the late 1940s and it stretched a little bit into early 1950s. Okay, and it took place, uh, you know, in New York, but I'm not going to say where, so because I don't want anybody's names to be... Okay, it's one of those stories where you're changing names. That's correct. Okay, so I'm going to be changing some names, and so here we go. So I'm going to make the story take place in East New York. Wow. Uh, well, nowadays? No, 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 in the late 1940s. It was after World War II. And, you know, there were some Yidin that lived on the East Side, some lived in East New York, and so on and so forth. So this story we're going to place in East New York. Okay. Now, um, there was this little, 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 little boy who was born. And his name was Yosef. Very cute little baby. And his tati and mommy, they both worked. So his name was Yossi Firevasa. Okay, Yossi Firevasa. That's me, right? 
That's right. What are you doing? I'm playing my part as a baby. Well, we're just going to talk about that part for now, and then we're going to get it, because if I did every little piece that has to do with the story, I don't think we'll be finished on time. And as it is, I don't think, I'm being honest up front uh, right now, you know, sometimes I never know, but this year I know is a story I never ever told before. And usually when I tell a story that I never ever told before, usually happens that I go over time, so I doubt if there's going to be time to be able to take phone calls and see if we can work it out that the system works from the studio to here, the connections, I don't know, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be this way. Okay, so here we go. Are uh, you ready now for real? I'm ready now for real. You were in the middle of explaining the introduction. Right. So basically what happened is like this. Uh, this story took place in East New York in the late 1940s. There was a little baby boy born by the name of Yosef Firewasser. And his tati and mommy were very, uh, I wouldn't say super well-to-do, but they were doing okay. And they were making some money and they managed to put away money in their savings. Now, mind you, in the late 1940s, money went a long way. Ah, right. I remember you once told me that your tati told you you were able to take 35 cents, travel on subway back and forth, and buy a, a what was it, a pizza or something like that, and a malted, and still have change? Uh, yep, that's correct. Wow. <laughs> wonder if you can buy a piece of bubblegum nowadays for 35 cents. Well, you might be able to buy two. Anyway, so let me continue. So what happened was they decided to go on vacation. But they were not one of those people that wanted to try flying, uh, even though uh, planes were starting to become popular to some extent. But there were still a lot of people that were afraid to fly, including them. So they went traveling by train. Ooh, ooh! This train was going all the way to where they wanted to go. It's possible they were going to Florida. But along the way, as they were going away, there was this man who was drunk. Nobody knows. I'm drunk for my nose. Goodbye. Itty bitty toes. Oh, okay, now where was I? Ah, yes. Alrighty. Uh, let's see now. I got a rump rump Alright, now where was I? I was. Oh, I just remember. Hey, I gotta go home. Maybe I have one drink too, buddy. <laughs> and this person was pretty drunk. All righty, sir. Let me get into my car. Now, one thing I can tell you, in the 1940s, the cars were not fancy like now, not, no air conditioning cars or whatever it is. But one thing I can tell you by the cars, they were a lot stronger than now. You mean like they weren't made out of plastic and things like that, or fiberglass? No, they were made out of mostly real steel, real metal. Real steel, real metal, wow. Was there any bubblegum holding anything together? Yeah, see, study your part. Okay. All right, now, anyways, this drunk decided that he's driving home. 
Although we know that someone as drunk as him should not be driving. But he was too drunk to realize that. I gotta get home. My wife and kids are expecting me home. Okay, well, all right. Let me just pick up now. All right, let me get into my car. Now, in those days, the cars was not as popular as cars nowadays. So, therefore, it was possible for him to get into his car without anybody noticing him that he was drunk. And so what happened was is he got into his car. Right, let me close the door. I right, close the door. Now let me start up the car. Come on, turn over, turn over. Was he trying to turn over his car? No, no, Yussi. Turn over means like turning over the engine. He wanted to turn over the engine, not the whole car? No, no, it's it's an expression used when you start the engine. You know, it's called turning over the engine. Oh, whatever. Anyways, he was starting his car. <laughs> and he started driving. But he realized he was wobbling. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, why is he doing on the wrong side of the road? I'll honk him. <laughs> He's honking me back. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can make a orchestra. Alright. I'm driving to the right. I'm driving to the left. I'm swiggling and squirreling and twirling and burling. Uh, upside down. You know what? I'm starting to get a little tired from all the drinking that I did. I'm going to take a shortcut. Hey, looky! There's the railroad. Well, that's not the railroad uh, crossing, is it? Uh, you know what? I don't see any choo-choo train coming. So let me take a shortcut. <laughs> and he turned his car right onto the track. But as he was turning onto the track... A train was coming around the bend, and that was the train that Mr. and Mrs. Fiavasa was on, heading to Florida. And meanwhile, he just stepped on the gas. Oh, there's a hill over here. Just gotta press the gas a little more. And he was oblivious to the fact that the train was moving by. And when he stepped on the pedal, <laughs> <laughs> He crashed right into that train car. The train immediately stopped. And when they stopped, I radioed in for help. And police cars came. I know why you're not going, woo woo, because that's the old car, police cars, right? Uh, that's right. And then and, and, and fire engines came too? That's right. Uh, and of course, ambulances came. Of course. Okay, and amber. Yes, yes, I said that. Okay. Why are you sounding drunk? Oh, sorry. He just did a very good job at it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, anyway, so uh, the police came, the ambulances came, and they extracted people out. And unfortunately, the car crashed into the train car. 
Now, the train car where the passengers sit is not necessarily so strong. There's no need to. It doesn't house an engine. It's just like a box made out of wood and maybe metal, uh, thin metal and seats and whatever. And it crashed to right to the place where Mr. and Mrs. Firevasa was sitting. And unfortunately, now this part I'm going to speed up to some extent. Just going to give you the facts that happened. Okay, the drunk, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to call it, Hashem has a chesh for everything, the drunk was nifter on the spot. And also, because he smashed right into the side by the seat where Mr. Firevasa was sitting, unfortunately, whatever reason it is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took him away from this world. Meanwhile, what ended up happening was, that uh, Mr. Firevasa was nifter, and Mrs. Firevasa was rushed to the hospital. Unfortunately, she had a problem with the spine, and it came out that she was paralyzed from the waist down. And, of course, after Levaya, after sitting Shiva and everything like that, she was back home, but she couldn't afford that house anymore, and she thought it would be a good idea that they sell it. So she sold the house, and then she took the money and put it in savings, and she rented a small apartment in one of the apartment buildings that were locally, okay? And, of course, um, she was taking care of a little baby. And with proper therapy, she learned how to care for herself, get around with a wheelchair, and she was able to take care of the baby and learned how to cook, and learned how to adjust things, and of course certain things had to be adjusted in her apartment. And this was life the way it was. So she was living off savings, and praying, and davening, I should say, that some miracle should happen. Meanwhile, this little bicycle, Yossi, had no... Wow, he has my first name! It just happens to be that way. Okay, this the part I'm playing? Yep, now you can start because you're five years old. Now, remember, you have no idea who your Tati was because you, uh, your Tati, meaning the character's Tati, was Nifter when he was just a little baby. Okay, Bobby. Um, you like that voice for a little five-year-old? Hey, you're pretty good, pretty good. Okay, Bobby. Is there anything else I could get you? Shafala, I just want you to know, Shafala. Uh, you always call me Shafala, but this is my name, Yasala. Yes, it is. However, I just want you to understand that I love you very, very much, and I feel bad that you never saw your father or got to know him. I'm sorry, too, but I don't know what I'm missing. I see other kinderlach around the neighborhood have tatties and everything. That's right. So listen to me. I think now that you're learning to make brachos and your reading is getting so much better, I think you're old enough to take care of something that is very precious to me, but it's not my mitzvah, it's your mitzvah. Mitzvah? What mitzvah is it? The mitzvah of wearing tzitzes. The mitzvah of wearing tzitzis. Wow! What is tzitzis? 
I will show you. Come here. And she wheeled herself over to a big box. She opened the box and pulled out an old pair of tzitzes. This here used to belong to your tati. That's right. <coughs> it belonged to your tati, and now it's going to belong to you. Tabe? Yes. Let me tell you. You see, there's a pasik in the Chomesh in our Torah that tells us about making tzitzes. And it tells us to wear it, a four-cornered begging, any four-cornered begging. But nowadays, uh, my, my shirt is not four-cornered. That's right. So therefore, let me tell you what's going to be. You see, the Chachomim, the wise Rabbonim said that it's such an easy mitzvah to do. So even though nowadays most of us don't wear any four-cornered baggage, so we make one, and we wear a four-cornered baggage with the tzitzit strings hanging from them with the proper knots. Oh, wow, this is so fantastic. Now, each one of these things has five double knots to remind us of the chamishe chumshe toira. Wow! Yes, and you can't do Torah Shabbat without Torah Shabbat We all know that a single knot could fall apart and come out easy. When you double the knot, it's much stronger. So when you do Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat both together, well, actually, I should say the Torah Shabbat first, but you need the Torah Shabbat to explain the Torah Shabbat But we, we were learning that together. Yes, Baba, you teach me so much. Yes, and so now... You're going to wear these tzitzis. And you can remember about the Chamishi Chumshi Taira. Uh-oh, Bobby, how come they're wound so funny? Ah, yes. You see, um, there are seven windings in the first, and that's to remind us of the Sheshishmei Breshis in the seventh day is Shabbos. That's right, Shefala. And now the next one is eight. Eight. Why? Ah, how old does a person have to be to have a bris mila? Eight days old. Wow, you're so brilliant. Baruch Hashem, I pay attention to all the things you teach me. That's wonderful. And then there is eleven. Eleven? Yes, to remember the start of the dreams that Yosef had how he became a nation. And then there is thirteen. And then there is 13. Aha. Uh -huh. So, let's see. 7, 8, 11, 13. What's the 13 for? Ah, the Shlisha Esamidas. Ah, the Shlisha Esamidas. Oh, right. 13 special characteristics of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay. So we got... 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Carry the one over. 1, 2, 3, 39. Well, how come the windings equal 39? Ah, do you remember what I told you? Why we can't do certain things on Shabbos? Oh, yeah, because certain malachas that were done by the Mishkan, we can't do during the weekdays because the Mishkan malacha had to stop on Shabbos. So we rest on Shabbos, and there were 30, oh my goodness, mommy, 39 malachas. 
So therefore, there's 39. Wow, unbelievable. That's right. And, of course, the world is called Arba Convoys, the four corners of the world, even though the world is um, round. <laughs> but we call it the four corners because you look to the right, you look in every direction. And, therefore, we also look up. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right, in Shemayim. So there's four strings put in, folded over, and it becomes eight. Wow! So this is not a string, it's really uh, uh, four folded over and then wrapped around with the longest string? That's right! You got that correct! Wow! <clears throat> so, wow! So, uh, why is it like that? Because whatever's down here, it's parallel in Shemayim! Parallel in Shemayim! Wow! I'm gonna remember this! Now, I want you to take care of these sitsis. I want you to remember that you see, do you remember what I taught you when you're going with Mrs. Shane when she crosses you over the streets when you were little, little? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to wait for the red light to, to change to green so I could cross. That's right. And you know what? The people who know what a red light means, they know to stop. And when they see a green light, they know to uh, go. And when they see a yellow light, they know to slow down. That's right. So those are signals. So anybody who looks at the senses, they will look at it. They will remember the Taryag Mitzvahs to remember the 613 Mitzvahs. Oh, there must be some secret about that, right? Oh, yes, there is. Uh, look at the word senses. Okay. I'm writing it down. So what do we got? We got 90... And then, and then, 90, and then we got a uh, 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 400, is that it? Okay, so let's see, so we got here, t uh, uh, yeah, this is 10, 19, uh, 4 is 5, 90, Oh, my goodness. So we got 590. So what is that supposed to be? Ah, <laughs> 590. Which one of the words in the Kriyashma over there in that paragraph have a lamed? A lamed, a lamed, a lamed, lamed, lamed. Um, 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 a lamed. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, uh, uh. Oh, 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 uh, 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 that's right, he's got it there, right, Yossi? You're doing a good job. Thank you. Oh, wow, so let's see, so that's 30. So yeah, 10 to each one because the missing yud, right? I remember something like you once told me. So, okay, so now I put this in, and then I get 12, and I get 620. Uh-oh. Something is fishy here. I don't get it. It equals 620. But I thought there's 613 mitzvahs. That's right. So, there's the seven mitzvahs of the uh, Rabbanon put together. You understand? Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, is it true also that the extra seven can represent 
that uh, uh, even though we don't have to do that, but, but I mean, the uh, seven minutes of the day, no, yeah? It could very well be. I'll look in this farm and see, okay? But the meanwhile, I want you to realize that this is very precious. And if you look at the tzitzis, they will keep you very, um, uh, very alert. Just like you look at the red light to know to stop and not cross Hasrachalim in the middle because Hasrachalim can get hit by a car. So therefore, I don't want to get hit by a car. So therefore, I have to be very careful. That's right, Shefala. That's right, Babala. Okay, so then, uh, and then, now, if let's say one of the strings rip. Well, if one of the strings rip, only one. It's still kosher, and you can still wear it until you get another chance. And the reason is, I, I, I can figure it out. Because really, uh, there's four strings folded over. So if one ha one ripped, only one, so the other half is still there. So therefore, it could still be kosher uh, temporarily until you can get another one, right? That's right, Shefala. And if two rip, then it's not kosher anymore. Uh, you mean if like it rips all the way? Yes, all the way up there, you know. <laughs> That's correct. It's not kosher because that means one full string is missing. Oh wow! So uh, how do you make sure that it doesn't uh, get puzzled? Well, that's because what you have to do is if you keep the mitzvahs, then they will stay kosher. And chas v'sholem, when a person doesn't keep the mitzvahs, it's like his tzitzis become puzzled. And if your tits has become puzzled, that's a simon from Shemayim that you're doing something wrong and you should work on correcting it. <coughs> wow, that's so much interesting. Wowie kasawi. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable, you know. It really, really is. Okay, so now that we got that straightened out, I'm going to be proud to wear it. And I'm going to think about my tati, that he was proud to wear his, right? That's right. So, uh, and let's keep at it. And so, for the next five more years, what ended up happening was that, she, the, you know, uh, the mother, uh, Mrs. Feierwasser, she could not afford to send them to yeshiva. And there weren't so many yeshivas out there at that time. They were first starting. And what happened was is his mother, Mrs. Feierwasser, would teach him after he finished his homework. Uh, he would go over and learn with his mommy all Teredikazachens. Mommy taught and explained all the Purushim that she knew about the Purushim Milos of Davening. And she began to teach him Chumash too. And, of course, she remembered a lot because she was one of those who used to read the Tzedna So she knew a lot of Medrash and things like that and told him a lot of stories from Medrash and also stories about Kedoilim that she remembered hearing when she was a little girl and some that she read about even now. Because in her condition, when she has a lot of free time, she does mostly reading. Okay? And, and what happened was this. When he was 10 years old, he began looking around. Oh, boy. Bobby was using up her savings that she kept talking about because they sold their old house and everything. But now I see it doesn't look like the curtains on the window were changed in a long time. Oh, boy. Hey, this doesn't look right. Bobby, are you okay? I'm fine, Bobby Shefler. Why? 
Oh, nothing. I see. Mommy doesn't want to tell me. Uh, we don't have enough money. But you know what? Maybe because I'm a pretty big fella. Yep, I'm pretty tall. Yep, it yep. I'm pretty tall. Remember yours? Uh, yes, y'all see what now? It's too hard for you to part? No, I'm just thinking maybe I should sound more like myself now. Why? Because he's over 10 years old. Oh, you know what? Okay, if you feel comfortable that way, you could do it that way. Okay, so I'm not going to do this voice. I'm going to do this one. Okay, do it. No problem. Okay, so uh, what are you going to do now? I, I, I read the script. Don't worry. Oh, you know what? After I go to public school, because since my mommy can't afford to send me to yeshiva, so the public school doesn't cost anything. And by the way, <laughs> I bet you plenty of listeners out there don't realize, because Baruch Hashem, everybody here could afford to go to yeshiva, or they go to yeshiva. In those days, there were a lot of people, unfortunately, that went to public school. <laughs> yes, and believe it or not, many neighborhoods that most of the people that were in the public school were Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially by by the girls, because that for sure they didn't have too much of girls' schools. But anyways, Baruch Hashem, we are living in a better time, and there are girls' schools, and there are boys' schools, and a lot of good yeshivas, uh, yeshivas to fit every kind of uh, type of yid that we have. Okay, so now let us continue. Okay, uh, you know what I gotta do? I gotta go after public school. I'm gonna go to Norton's, a big supermarket. Let me see here. Ah, uh, here we are. Excuse me, mister. Can I please speak to the manager here? <laughs> anyway, what do you want to talk to the manager? Hey, what's your problem? Oh, I don't have a problem. I was just wondering. You see, um, it, it, it's not that I have chas v'shalom a problem. Hey, don't talk to me funny. Okay, I just want to try to get a job. <laughs> yeah, you're just a little kid. What kind of job can you do? Well, I'm pretty strong for my age, and I'm pretty tall, if you notice. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> okay, so what would you like to do? I would like a job. Maybe I could help stock shells or something like that. Yeah, right. Okay, you see, go down that aisle, aisle five. There's a door there that says private. Knock on the door. Okay, thank you. I'll go down there now. Let's see. I shouldn't be dancing in the aisles. Okay, let's see now. Where was I? Dancing in the aisles. La 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 kiss kiss. Oh, okay. Let me knock on the door. Uh, who is uh, who, What can I do for you? Uh, hi. Uh, my name is uh, Joey. Uh, I'll use the name that I use in public school. <laughs> I have a hard time pronouncing my Jewish name. Uh, uh, my name is Joey. Uh, Joey who? Uh, uh, Joey Firewasser. <laughs> Come in. Let's see what I can do for you, sonny boy. Okay. <laughs> Oh. Hi, mister, um... Uh, uh, my name, you want to know my name? Uh, my name is, uh, Bernie. You just call me Bernie, it's okay. Uh, 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 uh okay, Bernie. 
And my name is Joey. Uh, anyways, um, 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 you know, we're having a hard time making ends meet. My, my mommy's wheelchair bound. My tati's not living anymore. And, and, and the money is running out that was in the savings. And so I need to just make a little extra money to help out in the house. So maybe, uh, you could hire me to stock shelves. As long as you didn't say you want to be a cashier, because that I don't think you'd be qualified for. The stock shelves, yes. And you can do that. All right, you want to start today? You can start today. Every day, I'll give you an hour or two of work. What do you say? That'll be wonderful. And if you give me a little more, that'll be even more wonderful. And of course, when he came home, his mother asked, Where were you so long? I'm sorry, Mommy, but cell phones weren't invented yet, and I had no money to put in the payphone to be able to try to call you. But I got a little job to make some money to help out. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Now, of course, you might say nowadays it's crazy for a little kid 10 years old with, you know, to be able to go and work and do some you know, extra work. Now there are teenagers that sometimes do a little extra work here and there. With little kids, 10, 11, 12 years, it's unheard of. But in those days, life was a bit different than nowadays. Also, to a certain extent, streets, I mean, yeah, there were bad people around. Yes, there were gangs here and there. But overall, the streets was a lot safer then than it is now. So uh, don't think that, you know, you want to help out in your house and you're about 10 years old, don't think you should go over and try to get a job, <laughs> uh, you know, so easily. Okay, anyways, so, <clears throat> well, you know, maybe you could get a job of shoveling, shoveling the snow uh, on your block, you know, and uh, this way, you know, your parents can keep an eye on you or whatever it is. Uh, but it's not snowing. Yeah, I know, I'm just giving an example. Things that, you know, are local, things that are easy to do. Okay, anyways, back to the story. Okay, back to the story. And anyways, Mommy, so I, I, I earned a little money and I want to just give it into the house, in, into our apartment or whatever you need it for. And here it is. Oh, so lovely. And sure enough, he did this for about a year. So his schedule was very interesting. He got up in the morning extra early so he could dive in. And of course, he put on those stitches and he kissed them. Ah, was such a geschmackai. But when he went to public school, he tucked in his titsis. And when he went to the public school, you know, uh, he wasn't sure how he'd be uh, taken over there. So uh, he basically wore a cap to cover his head because he wasn't going to go out without a yarmulke. So he wore a cap. And in those days, they didn't make you take off your cap in the middle of the class. So anyhow, so he was going to this public school. And now he was doing this until he was about 11 years old. His schedule was like that. He davened early, then he ate his breakfast, and then one of the tenants, Mrs. Shane usually, and sometimes when Mrs. Shane wasn't available, there was another uh, parent uh, that would help out. Also, Mrs. Baum, she also lived in that same building. Sometimes she would. They would walk him uh, to the, the public school. But as he was getting older... And because he needed to learn responsibilities, so by nine years old, even maybe I think it was eight, he was already crossing the streets by himself. So he no longer needed somebody to walk him home. And that's why what happened was, that's the way it happened. Okay, so one day, he was coming home, and usually he has a supper waiting for him. 
And he did. But his mother wasn't the one that was preparing it. There was Mrs. Shane. Oh, hi there. Nice to see you, uh, Ayashi. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, where's my mommy? Oh, she's resting. Resting? What happened to my mommy? Everything okay? Oh, yes, don't worry. Everything is fine with your mother. She's just resting. She's just not feeling well. So, um, um, she, she, she asked me, she called uh, on the telephone, uh, uh, and she asked me that perhaps I could, uh, <coughs> come down and, and, and prepare supper for you. She said, that's what I did. Don't worry about it then. She'll be all right. I gotta see my mommy. One second. Mommy, mommy, how are you? What happened? Mommy, mommy, what's, what's going on? Uh, it would help if you opened the door first. Oh, sorry. I was just rehearsing what I was going to say to my mommy. Well, I think you should talk more calmer to your mommy. Try not to sound excited. Don't make her worried, okay? Okay, okay. Um, um let me see. Um, um, let me knock on the door. Mommy, could I come in? Yes, Shafala, you could come in. Always calling me Shafala. Okay, let me open the door. Oh, mommy. Oh, my goodness. Are you very hot? So maybe you should take off the covers. No, no, no. Gotta keep the covers on. I need to sweat. I have a little bit of a fever. But don't worry, I'll be all right. But unfortunately, she was not going to be all right. Her fever kept staying up and down, up and down, and it wasn't going away. Finally, doctors were called. She had certain tests done. Her neighbors brought her to these doctors, and they ran certain tests, and they realized something, and they were trying to keep it from Yossi. Yossi came home, and said, Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, you here again, Mrs. Shane? My mommy didn't get better. Uh, well, she's uh, getting better to some extent. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden, there was another knock on the door. Uh, who's there? It's me, Mrs. Baum. I come to see your mother to see how she's feeling. Oh, wow. Well, uh, everybody's coming here. What's going on? <laughs> Open the blocks. Uh, hello, Mrs. Baum. Uh, hello, Sonny boy. You can call me Yassi. Okay, Sonny Yassi. All right. Anyway, so let's see. Uh, uh, Mrs. Shane, we have to talk. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, let me go over here. I'll go eat your supper to meanwhile, Yoshi. Uh, yeah, okay. Go eat my supper. I'll have to pop my ears open wide and see if I can hear what they're talking about. Anyways, I just spoke to the doctor. It's not very good. Uh, Mrs. Fayavasa needs an operation. Unfortunately, because she was paralyzed for so many years, a certain complication started by the lower back. <laughs> and that's causing her problems, and that's why she has this high fever. And unless she has this operation, it's only going to get worse. But there's a problem. Oh, really? What's the problem? And the problem is, there's no money to pay for the operation. And what are we going to do? I don't know. I guess we'll have to try to raise the money. Oh, boy, this is not very good. My mommy needs an operation, and she can't afford it. I a boy should let him... Help me out, please. And of course, when he was saying the Bracha uh, Rafa'enu, 
He was really having great kavanas that his mother should get well. Next day in the public school, there was this gangster boy. His name was Mo Pratt. And this guy, Mo Pratt, was one of the biggest guys there, one of the toughest guys in the public school, and also one of the oldest kids. Because some Gracie obviously repeated because he wasn't so smart. And actually, he might have been smart, but he put his smarts to bad things. He bullied people. He did many bad things. And he was a leader of a gang. And that morning, particularly, after the night that Yossi heard that bad news about his mother needing an operation, Mo Pratt came over to him. Hey! I want to talk to you. Get over here. Joey, come here. Uh-oh. If I don't go over, he can beat me up. Uh, hi, Mo. Uh, what can I do for you? Hey, come here. We got to talk in the hallway where no one can hear us. Uh, okay. I'm coming with you. All right, now let's go to the hallway. Oh. Wow, this door is different. Uh, could use a little oil, but listen here. Nobody's here? No one's up the stairwell? Okay, listen to me. Listen, my gang and me, which are my friends and myself, uh, we decided that, you know, there is a supermarket called Norton. Uh, oh, I know that one. That's where I work after, after school. That's right. That's what we're telling you this. Now listen to me. What I'm going to tell you now is top secret. So if you're going to open your mouth... Or tell anybody what I'm telling you now, you're going to have a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? Oh boy, I know exactly what he means. A lot of trouble means he's going to beat the living daylights out of me. Oh boy. Oh boy. So what am I going to do? Let me think. Let me th yeah, so what is it? Well, since you work in Norton, so you know how the whole layout of the store is. And, you know, they bring in a lot of new products, and they store it in the basement, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, good. I want you to join us. Oh, I don't do things like, hey, 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 listen here. You know the place very well. And you know something? Right now, since you know all this, what I'm telling you, what we plan on doing to rob the place, obviously, you're going to slip and tell anyone. You're going to be in big trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah, I won't tell anybody. Uh, of course not. But it's to your benefit. You know, we can rob hundreds of hundreds of dollars, you know. And it's a small drop in the bucket, you know, because that store grosses every day a few thousand dollars, right? Now, of course, in the 19, late, uh, you know, early 50s, I say, late 40s, early 50s, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Anyways, all right, so listen here. Uh, 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 am I supposed to say anyways? No, no, I said the anyways. So you could, you continue. Uh, 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 okay. So anyways, uh, hey, if you help us, because you know the place better than anyone, you can help us, and we can give you a hundred dollars. What do you say? Join up with us? Oh, boy. <coughs> it's not right for me to do this. No, 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 I shouldn't be doing this. Um, um, well, um, I don't know. And at that moment, he could not look at his tzitzis because he was in the public school. And whenever he went to the public school, he tucked his tzitzis in his pants. So therefore, he wasn't looking at it to try to remember. 
So in the meanwhile, he was thinking, well, my mother needs an operation. Maybe this is the help that Hashem is sending me. I can make money, and eventually, if I keep helping his gang, I'll make enough money that I can pay for my mommy's operation. Yeah. So maybe, uh, well, what is it? Are you joining us? Uh, yeah, when are you going to do this? We're going to do it tomorrow night. Okay, so listen to us carefully. Tomorrow night, you're going to meet at, 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 you know, the corner by McGreed. Okay, that corner row there. And from there, we're going to go. Okay, we're going to go regular streets first. And then we're going to go through the darker streets, which is not well lit. Got it? Okay, you with us? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you. All right. <coughs> you tell your mother that uh, uh, we're we're uh, we're gonna do homework together. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Okay. Now, of course, we see Avera Guerreras Avera. He agreed to steal, and now he's going to lie. Wow! Sure is Avera Guerreras Avera. Meantime, he went home. He had a good night's sleep. The next day, he went to work. And he went home and he ate his supper. And then he said, uh, Mommy, uh, um, I have to go now because I'm going to help out um, my friend over there in, in, in the public school to do some homework. Is that okay with you? Yes, Shafala, it's fine. Go ahead. And sure enough, he went. He met them at the corner and he said, All right. Remember, no backing out now. Come on, let's go. And so they started walking pretty quick. They passed the stores that were lit up. And then they came to the darker streets. And then they began running. All right, guys, let's run. Let's get moving before anyone finds out or tries to figure out what we're doing. Come on, Joey, let's go. And everybody started to run. And as they were turning down one particular corner, you know, as he was running, Joey's shirt popped open. Not really popped open. You know, like when you run, your, your shirt pops out of your pants. And so did one of the sides of the tzitzit strings. And then as he was turning, he was passing a fruit stand. Now, the people in those days left their fruit stand, you know, outside. And even though they took in the stuff on the inside of the store, and it made it easy for them to unload, load, but they kept some stands on the outside. And this one had a loose nail. And all of a sudden, as he was running, the strings were flying up in the air, and all of a sudden, two of the strings got wrapped around the nail. And he was running, and he got pulled back. Whoa! Boom! Ow! Almost hurt myself. What's going on? Oh, uh-oh. Two of my scissor string ripped. It's stuck here on the nail. Oh, my goodness. And as he was looking at the torn strings, he remembered, Wow, it's not just one string that ripped. Two of them. That means my tzitzis is puzzled. Wait a minute. I remember what my mommy told me. Ure'isem oisoy uzachatem es kol mitzvay sashem. Vasisem oisom. Veloisa surachre levavachem. Nechere nechem. Hashatem zonim achareyem. You're going to look at the tzitzis. You're going to look at it. And you're going to remember all the mitzvahs. And then you're going to do them. And you won't turn away. You won't spy something else. Your heart is going to have a desire to do something. And then you're going to look with your eyes to see if you can do it. Oh, no. Hashatem zonimachem. The desire to, like, like, you know, like, really get an influence by it. Oh, no. 
I'm not gonna stray. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what happened. Because I was straying, I wasn't keeping the Torah right. Not allowed to steal. One of the myths in the Torah is not allowed to steal. I was gonna do that. You know what? Just like this, this is now puzzle. I would have been puzzled and would be considered a person not keeping the Torah. Ah, this is not the way Hashem wanted to help me. Must be another way. He's just testing me. You know what I gotta do? I'm gonna run, but not towards them. Hey, Joey, are you coming? Uh, uh yeah. <coughs> In a minute, I just got my, my shirt got stuck on a nail. I'll catch up to you. All right, hurry up. And of course, he wasn't gonna catch up to them. Once he dislodged himself from the nail, and he took the two strings with him and everything, and he ran, but not the same direction. He ran the opposite direction. And all of a sudden, there was a man who was standing there that had a trim beard, wearing gold-rimmed glasses, and he bumped into him. Boom! Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. That's all right, Sonny. Uh, wh what's your hurry? I gotta go now. Goodbye. And, of course, he ran off as fast as he could. He ran like, mummies, you know, like when I say ran, he ran. He was really running. And really running. Almost like a horsey. Okay, but anyways, so what happened was is he ran away real fast. Really fast. And eventually, what happened was is he caught up to his house. And he went inside. He didn't tell his mommy that he ripped the tzitzis. He tried to keep that a secret. And then, the next day in school, in public school, he heard, Hey, did you hear the latest? Yeah. Do you know what happened? I uh, know what happened. Uh, Mo Pratt and his gang, they got caught. They tried to break into the basement of Norton Supermarket. Oh, really? And what happened? They got caught. They got arrested. They tripped an alarm. And the police came and they arrested him. Wow, I don't think I'll be making trouble for a while. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So they won't be doing anything to me either. Uh, okay. Baruch Hashem, I wasn't with them. Thank you, Hashem, for protecting me. Wow, wow, wow. Precious, precious sisters saved my life. Well, um, okay, you know what? Um, it's getting, uh, Doctor earlier, so uh, before I go home to eat supper, I gotta go and uh, <coughs> uh, Mincha, so let me go to the shul. This time when he went into the shul, he looked and he saw, uh oh, that man looks familiar. Uh oh, he's coming over to me. Shalom Aleichem, young man. My name is Rabbi Schneider. I'm the rub over here. Uh, once in a while I see you, you come in, Dominic, you run out. And now, I decided to see you and speak to you. Tell me, young man, what made you join up with that gang? Uh, well, my gang, I don't know what you're talking about. You can't fool me. I watched you. You originally running with them. And then something happened. You stopped suddenly, and then you changed your mind. You started to run the other way, and that's when you bumped into me. Oh, well, um, um, well, I... It's okay. You're in a base of Knesset, in a base of Madras, a holy place. You can tell me. Your story is safe with me. Oh, okay. And he poured out his heart, and he told all about what happened to him. 
about how his mother was wheelchair-bound and how he has no father and everything like this and how he thought for a moment that making $100 quickly would help towards his mother's operation. But then he realized when he got hooked with the tzitzis and two strings ripped, and he realized there was a simon and a shemayim that he should not be going there because he will be breaking the rules of the Torah. He will be going against the Torah, which says not to steal and not to lie. So therefore, he decided that uh, his tzitzis became puzzled because of that, and he wants to be a kashara guy. And then he asked the rabbi, Excuse me, um, since you're the rabbi here, um, would you know how I could fix this pair of tzitzis? Of course I do. What you have to do, young man, is you have to take out this old one here, which is ruined, and I have a mind draw over here by the beamer. Okay, let me take out, and here we go. And look, watch me, and I'll show you how to make a pair of tzitzis. And sure enough, he re-threaded the place that needed the new tzitzis, and when it was done, the man got the story out of him, and the man said, give me a minute, and I'll make a phone call. And he called up as a Dr. Barron or something like that. Uh, and he called this Dr. Barron. And this Dr. Barron, uh, he couldn't hear everything on the other side. But when he was finished with this doctor, uh, his mother would be able to go to Jewish hospital, be able to get in there, and the operation paid. And when he said, but how is this going to be possible? We have no money. <laughs> Young man, you are part of the Jewish nation. Me, Ka'amcha Yisrael. Who is like your people, Yisrael? Of course, when people hear that somebody is in need, then people who work for Hashem... What do you mean work for Hashem? Well, anyone who does Avoidus Hashem, if you're doing a Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, you're doing Avoidus Hashem. And when the people hear that uh, another Yid is having a tzura, a trouble, of course, they're going to help. If they can, and that's what's happening. So the money is being raised. Don't worry about a thing. Meanwhile, your mother will be in the hospital for at least two weeks, and I insist that you stay by my house. And sure enough, he stayed by the Rav's house. And when he was by the Rav's house, he displayed a deep love to wanting to learn Torah. And the Rav said, Why do you go to public school? That's because we can't afford a yeshiva. So after public school, when I come home, after I do the work in Norton's, then I come home, I eat my supper, and then Dabba Meyer of uh, My mommy teaches me whatever she knows from Tyra. Well, how would you like to go to yeshiva? I have to learn English, too, so I know what to do here in this country. <laughs> I'm sitting to yeshiva where in the morning they learn Tyra, and in the afternoon they learn English. They'll be able to get the best of both worlds. So what do you say? I would love that, but I can't afford it. Uh-huh. I didn't ask you to pay for it. We'll take care of it. And sure enough, this Rabbi Schneider went over and raised the money for this little boy. who was not so little. He was a pretty tall fella for a guy who was 11 years old. And of course, as the years went by, mother got better. She was not able to walk, but she was a little healthier. And he, this person, Yossi, grew into becoming a big, big Talmud Chacham. Yep, yep, yep. And legend has it that he himself became a Rebbe. That's what he did for a living. He became a Rebbe. So this way he was able to teach Tyra, learn Tyra, live Tyra, and make Parnas at the same time. Wow! That was fantastic. Did I do a good job on my part? You did fantastic, Yossi. Really fantastic. So great that you basically, because you were so engrossed in your part, I didn't interrupt. 
That's right. You got that right, so maybe I should put you in parts more often or... Well, well, we'll see if it works out. Okay, and you're right. Looking at the time, there's no time to take any phone calls. You're right. This was a big story. A lot of meat and potatoes in it. Wowie kazowie. Woo! I hope a lot of people learn lessons from it. Okay, so I guess... That's right. Until next time, <coughs> so everybody have a wonderful Shabbos, a great weekend, and until next week, goodbye. Goodbye!